Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode, special holiday bonus episode of What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow and I'm joined by my best friend Nick Dostal. How you doing there, Santa baby? Ho ho ho, happy to be here. <laughs> oh, you got you got a hold of that one. I like that. Mm-hmm. The holidays are a bit different this year, obviously. Maybe you are celebrating with fewer family members than usual, or maybe you're forced to be alone. But if you are like Nick and I, you always have movies to keep you company. And what better way for us to introduce a little holiday cheer than with some fun holiday double features? This is simple. We're each going to toss out five holiday-themed double features and let you know where you can watch them. These are current as of December 22nd, which is the date of this recording. And we're just going to jump right in. We really didn't have any rules other than they had to be holiday themed. And we wanted to have a little fun with the pairings. Before we dive in, as always, please feel free to give us a follow on Twitter at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. We're really active on there. We both volley tweets back and forth and kind of tag team who's taking over. And we have a lot of fun. We love engaging on there. It's a great way to... Um, it's a cherry on top of the podcast, really. And we have some really cool content on there. There you go. So let's get into it. My first holiday double feature, Holidays from Hell, featuring Krisha and Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Holidays are supposed to be fun, cheerful, relaxing. But often when you combine so many people together who are not used to being together, uh, some pretty intense Domestic drama happens, and that's what both of these movies capture really well, though in very different ways. Krisha was made in 2015, directed by the great Trey Edward Schultz. This was his first film, and he casts a lot of his family members in it, including his aunt in the lead role. She is visiting her family for Thanksgiving, and things do not go well. I don't want to say more than that, because it's a really fun movie to explore. He shot it for less than half a million, and it started his career, and I love it. Edward Scissorhands is probably still my favorite Tim Burton, that or Beetlejuice. I don't know. I love how macabre Edward Scissorhands gets at the end. It's so gothic and dark. Krisha is usually streaming more places. And as of this recording, I just looked, it's not available anywhere except FUBU, which isn't that popular. But it is worth it if you want to rent it for a price. Likewise, Edward Scissorhands is not streaming anywhere for free, but you can rent both online. My second double feature is White Christmas, featuring Go and The Night Before. Being a little cute with the title here because these are two really fun movies set around Christmas where drugs are a huge part of the narrative. Go was released in 1999, directed by Doug Lyman. Probably still the best Pulp Fiction knockoff in terms of narrative style. The Night Before is Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Anthony Mackie doing a bunch of drugs on Christmas Eve in New York City. Michael Shannon shows up. It's hilarious. Go is never streaming anywhere, but it's worth the price to rent. And it looks like The Night Before is on FX now if you have that otherwise available to rent. I see what you did there with the White Christmas thing. I wasn't sure exactly what that was, but now I get it. Did you like that? Yeah, those are great. And great picks. Go. I mean, we've talked about Go on the podcast before. We're both really big fans of that. That was just a a lot of fun. The 1999 podcast. That's right. I think it even makes an appearance in the L.A. podcast, at least in some type of way. Oh, it might have been one or both of those, actually. Who wants to tell us? Um, And The (laughs) Night Before, 
that movie is become a new Christmas tradition for me. I I saw that movie with three really good friends out here in Los Angeles, and um, we both, all of us, bonded really strongly to that movie. And so every year I watch that now, and it's really funny. It's I think it's my favorite Seth Rogen performance he's ever done. Just real quick as like a mini sidebar, I was kind of interested that you did not like their next pairing together, which was uh, Longshot. Like you didn't like that movie, oh, no, Seth Rogen one. No. Okay, I thought you were gonna yeah. like it because I it's thought the so same, too. Same director, same star. Oh well. Yeah. It had it had it had moments. I, I laughed. You liked it a lot. <laughs> I thought it was cute. What's wrong with a little joy? <laughs> I just did White Christmas. Now I'm gonna switch to Black Christmas, as in Shane Black. This is the writer of Lethal Weapon, the writer director of The Nice Guys, Iron Man Three, way more. Shane Black often sets his stories around Christmas, like almost every script he's written takes place in and around Christmas. He's very open about this, saying that he is aware that he does it and he thinks it's an effective time of year to set a story. And we're going to talk about a few. So my Black Christmas double feature is made up of Lethal Weapon and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Lethal Weapon, it came out the year before Die Hard did and... It's kind of clearly more the christmas E movie than Die Hard, but I don't know. Anyway, The Long Kiss Goodnight is an absolutely fucking insane action thriller from 1996, starring Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson, written by Shane Black, directed by Davis's then-husband, Rennie Harlan. This, I, I have to get into this for a second. This movie <laughs> is so outlandish in like the best 80s-slash-90s action thriller ways. The subplot involves a bunch of CIA operatives, like a lot of them, like a fucking lot of them. There's no way they would be able to effectively cover this up. But they are trying to set off a bomb in Niagara Falls that will kill more people than 9-11. And their plan is to blame this bomb on Islamic terrorists just so they can secure more funding from the federal government. (laughs) And that's the fucking subplot of the movie. It's like, it is nuts. Like, it goes full tilt, and you don't see action movies like this anymore. Same, we were talking about uh, Possessor on our last bonus episode. You don't see gore like that anymore. And Lethal Weapon is on HBO Max. Do you wanna? Do you wanna jump? I wanna do it. I wanna do it. (laughs) Let's go, asshole. The Long Kiss Goodnight is sadly nowhere for free, but I did rent it on YouTube for $3.99 last night, and it was worth every penny. Wholesome Holidays is my next theme. Trying to switch gears and carve out some genuinely wholesome family films. The Fitzgerald Family Christmas. This movie is written and directed and starring Edward Burns. I love Edward Burns. He's a director I have always admired and not a lot of people talk about him, which is a shame. Um, he's been actually having his last two movies. He's been having trouble getting them distributed, which just sucks because I love all of his movies. Fitzgerald Family Christmas. It was released in 2012. Check it out on Tubi or you can rent it online for a price. I'm pairing that with Happiest Season, the new movie on Hulu, written and directed by Cleo Duvall. That's Stokely from The Faculty, Nick. Remember her? Nice. That's right. <laughs> the Happiest Season is a good movie. It's well made. It's light. Everyone's having fun. Kristen Stewart, we love her. Mackenzie Davis. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. That one's on Hulu right now. I've actually been saving that one to watch on Christmas Eve. I've been waiting this whole entire time. That's right. You told me that. Yep, I'm very excited to see this. Well, I recommend it, and you're going to like it. 
So I'm going to end on something seedy and unwholesome with my final double feature, and that is Freaky Families. This is featuring The Ice Storm and Eyes Wide Shut. The Ice Storm is the domestic drama that could. Ang Lee made it in 1997, and critics loved it, but audiences slept on it. It didn't get any Oscar nominations. 97 was a tough year, but... Today, this is acknowledged as a perfect film, and it kind of gets brought up in conversations from people, people that I don't think would have seen it, have seen it, and they'll bring it up, and I'm like, oh, you've seen that? They go, yeah, yeah, that's really good. I think a lot of people, well, I'll get into it a little bit. It's set at Thanksgiving 1973 in Waspy, Connecticut, and I think that generation of, you know, whether, because the lead characters in it are the parents and then the kids, like Elijah Wood and Christina Ritchie's age. And there's two different groups to latch on there, too. So, And these families in the movie are tangled up together emotionally, sexually. It's confusing. Kevin Kline, Joan Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Christina Ritchie, I mentioned. Everyone's great in this. Eyes Wide Shut is Stanley Kubrick's final film, of course. It's set during Christmas time. And I'm pairing these two together because the most memorable scene from both movies are house parties that end with lots of sex. In The Ice Storm, it's the infamous key party scene, which kind of makes the movie and I don't want to ruin here so I'm not really going to say anymore but it really is worth it and then in Eyes Wide Shut it's I mean there's actually two of them in Eyes Wide Shut there's the beginning one where that woman ODs in Cindy Pollock's bathroom but then of course the centerpiece orgy in the giant mansion so the ice storm is not available to stream anywhere for free which is a shame I thought it might be available on Criterion but it's not run it online for a price Eyes Wide Shut is currently on Hulu of all places have fun kids well, I'll just piggyback off of that and just talk about The Ice Storm for a second because that movie's great. Oh, please. That was a movie that uh, we recently featured on Twitter and got a lot of love from. It's it's a perfect example of everything that really matters in that movie is what's not being said. Mm-hmm. The movie is paced at such a slow speed, so it just gives you all of these gaps for all of the feelings that that are going on between all of these characters throughout the movie, and it's really beautifully done. I think that's Ang Lee's best, I want to say. Nothing I don't think will ever top Brokeback for me. Brokeback. I think but Brokeback the, is, a, is an absolute masterpiece. So do I, but the same deal, though, because what's not being said in that movie is mm-hmm. the same way. To, yeah, very his true. His storytelling in that way, it's a, he is, he, it's acute how Ang Lee gets to those emotional moments. It, you're bringing up good points. Like Those movies in and of themselves would make a great double feature because... They are both slow without ever being boring. They're always compelling. They are made by a non-American director who is tapping into very specific cultures of American society set not contemporarily. Really interesting. But I love both of those movies so much. But anyway, yeah. All right. So I was having a fun time picking my themes for this because I I thought, you know, it's not often that you kind of do a double feature and kind of pair it around certain ideas. I think that the Criterion channel does this and and gave us this idea a little bit. So I've always been really fascinated by really sad, pathetic losers on the holidays. I don't know why. <laughs> I always thought That's that awesome. was, yeah, I always thought there was just something like really like, like, I don't know. It's almost heroic in a way. Like they're the only ones who are just complete, outcasts of the rest of the world being in a loving place. So my first double feature is Losers on Christmas, The Ice Harvest, and Bad Santa. 
And the ice harvest, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is John Cusack, who is, I can never say enough good things about the Cuse. <laughs> He's your guy. He's my guy. I love him. He gets himself into a situation with Billy Bob Thornton where they decide to steal and then run off with a bunch of money. And it obviously, as the movie goes, we get to see how sad John Cusack's life really is. You get to understand why he is doing what he's doing, but also what he's missing. And it's just, it never gets better. And it, it has a lot of noir in it. It's... um. Harold Ramis's, I think that might be one of his last movies if it wasn't his very last. Yeah, yeah. And Bad Santa, what can you say? I mean, it's a lot of fun. And I just realized Billy Bob Thornton is in both of these movies. That's a great double feature. Yeah. It's a good Billy Bob double feature. And yeah, I don't want to say too much about Bad Santa. If you haven't seen it, it's a lot of fun. It's it's not meant to be taken seriously. And it's a movie that I don't think could be made today. It wouldn't. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I can't believe he was able to make it then, Terry Zweigoff. But it, I, yeah, there's, there's no way he would have to make that like on a phone with yeah. non actors yep. in order to release it. And I love that movie. <laughs> it's so good. You can find the Ice Harvest on Peacock streaming for free. And Bad Santa, unfortunately, is again nowhere else. So you can, um, $2.99 on most platforms is what I saw it go for. The play on uh, one of the uh, lines from one of these movies is that sometimes life actually is all right. I tried to do that as best I could, my best Hugh Grant. Nice. And uh, this is a combination of Rudy and Love Actually. And uh, Rudy is um, my personal Thanksgiving movie. I've always watched this on Thanksgiving. There's just something, it's not necessarily really a Thanksgiving movie, but it's got the colors. It's got that autumn feel. It, like it's really, mm-hmm. really ingrained into the look of that movie. And I always associated those colors and that feeling with Rudy around Thanksgiving time. And Love Actually, if you don't like Love Actually, I, I just I feel like there's just two different types of people in this world. Like you either you either understand why that movie is so wonderful or you don't. And I, I don't know if I could ever reconcile between the two. Do you have a favorite segment? A favorite storyline? Oh, man, that's a good one. Oh, geez. Uh, I do like the Hugh Grant one. The Hugh Grant one is is quite charming. Um, both of those movies are fantastic, uplifting, wonderful movies to give you that special, special feeling that the holidays are accustomed to. Rudy, you can find on Tubi. And Love Actually is never streaming. It's never streaming. I don't really? understand why. It's the number one like holiday movie. Never. It every has year. To, whenever that happens, it has to be a rights issue. It's got to be. Someone, some studio, some distribution company owns the rights or it's confusing and they can't. If it, So if you ever see like a really popular movie that is never anywhere for free ever, if you see that, it's because the rights are tangled up somewhere. And that just sucks because like, let us watch Love Actually for free. <laughs> yeah. On Christmas. So, yeah, so unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for that one. But it looks like it's at $3.99 on most platforms. And if you haven't seen it, especially during this year, to give you a good feeling, it's worth every cent. Next is a double feature that I like to call Is That Mistletoe? A play on the movie Carol and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And now I thought about this, too, because outside of the humor of the title... But I actually think that this weirdly, like, that would actually be a cool double feature to watch back and forth because 
they're, they couldn't be tonally more different. Well, if I can just interject, that's kind of the idea here mm-hmm. is that if you have two completely opposite films, like I actually watched Krisha and Edward Scissorhands back to back like a maniac. And I enjoyed myself watching it because I knew I wanted to include Krisha, but I didn't know what I wanted to pair with it. And I'm like, oh, outsiders coming into town. So if you can, I was dying to see how, how you were going to justify this pairing. And I think that's what, that's where the fun in this is. So I can't wait to hear this. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang written by, written and directed by Shane Black, who we brought up earlier. He's all over this. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, because I mean, basically, you're talking about two movies that deal with um, two characters of the same sex and and just kind of their journey throughout their respective movies. Carol is unbelievably shot. I rewatched this and my God, Ed Lockman. Yep. Yeah, it does not look like on like if you're not paying attention to how beautiful Every frame of that movie is. It's truly stunning. He may have shot that on 16 millimeter. I need, I know it was on film. I need to look it up. He shot it on some sort. I mean, yeah, it looks absolutely stunning. And his use of color is just incredible. Yeah. Great movie. Great performances. That was a big, big movie of 2015. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is just one of my all-time favorite holiday movies. I don't think movies get much more fun than this. It, it's got everything. It's got action. It's got humor. Robert Downey Jr., in my opinion, it's got to be a career all-timer for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely in the top three. Same thing for Val Kilmer. Um, probably my second favorite performance he's ever done outside of Doc Holliday. And um, and this is one thing I want to say, if you're ever pairing up double features and you're going to do it this way, where you're going to take two very, very different, you always got to go with the heavy first, light second. Yeah, absolutely. Dish it out big in the first and then get dessert in the second. It would not seem that way. But yeah, start with your heavy hitter first, ease it up and it's just better. It's just a better time. Absolutely. Carol, you can find on Netflix. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, you got to pay for it. Um, the cheapest price is two ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Again, I, all of the movies that we're referencing that unfortunately are not streaming are worth the price of renting, especially during this time. So highly recommend mm-hmm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And then this one is one of my favorite ones. You had a similar one, Holidays from Hell. I put a Christmas party in hell for this one because they were... They seemed a little bit more of like a Christmas party themed on acid or something. You get <laughs> Batman Returns and Die Hard. Yes, these are Christmas movies. And Batman Returns is just, that movie is something else. I don't know what Tim Burton must have been thinking when he made that. I That was the one where I was a kid, like, I got everything Batman was putting out. Batman Returns, I just, I didn't, it was so over my head. It's so dark. I mean, so I like that dark. movie a lot more as an, as an adult, for yeah. sure. And <laughs> it's got unbelievable performances. Michelle Pfeiffer, we, we've talked about her a little bit on our Daniel Day-Lewis episode. That woman does not get enough credit for the career that she's had and how good she is in everything like totally agree. Batman Returns is worth watching just for her as Catwoman but you've got Danny DeVito as the Penguin Michael Keaton who always did a good job in these movies mm-hmm. Christopher Walken in his weirdest it's just it's a lot of fun and Die Hard what can we say in my oh. opinion greatest action movie ever made 
There is also on the internet, there's always every year is Die Hard a Christmas movie, and people are very vocal as to whether it is or whether it isn't. I think that's funny. It's the driving force of the movie. It propels the narrative. Mm-hmm. If Christmas wasn't, it's the reason he's flying out to L.A. It's the reason he's meeting her at the office because a Christmas party is running late. So, I mean, yeah, there's ho, ho, ho is factored in. That's more mm-hmm. of a Christmas movie than some of the Christmas movies I mentioned. So I, I don't know. It's just I think people I, I don't know. It's just so silly. They just got to relax. <laughs> yeah, just relax. <laughs> All right, and this brings us to my final double feature, my favorite double feature. This is the one that I myself am actually going to partake into tonight is Merry Christmas, Asshole. And this is a double feature of one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, The Ref, and the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray. These are both unbelievably funny movies. The Ref is seems to be an um, under-the-radar movie that not a lot of people know of, starring Dennis Leary um, in his MTV heyday in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. His stand-up comedy was pretty hot at that time. I'm a huge Dennis Leary fan. I, You are as well. We both love Rescue yeah. Me. He's just got a certain sarcasm and edge to his comedy that I just can't get enough of. And so The Ref is about a cat burglar who abducts a couple on the rocks and hilarity ensues from then on. Scrooged is a play off of A Christmas Carol, but with Bill Murray... I think that's all the selling that that needs. Mm-hmm. It's one of, I think, Bill Murray's, um, my personal favorite, one of his performances. Classic, classic stuff here. The Ref is not streaming, but you can find it on two ninety nine on iTunes. And Scrooged is free on Fubo TV and Filio, or you can rent for two ninety nine on most other platforms. Well, that's it from us. We hope we've given you some fun holiday-themed flicks to check out. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming up, including our Best of 2020 podcast, where we're going to rehash the favorite best movies we saw just in the calendar year 2020. Not movies that came out in 2020, but new discoveries for us. And then, of course, our top 10 of 2020 will be happening soon. But for now, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for listening and happy watching. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can check out my flicks and my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostal.com is where you find all of Nick's film work. Nicholas Ali does the music for our show. I've made a few music videos with Nick. He's a great guy and we love his tunes. Big thank you to him. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Next time, we're going to dive into the little scene masterwork, Mikey and Nikki, starring Cassavetes and Falk, written and directed by Elaine May. It's a wild ride. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.